Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. The journey begins. We're going to talk about the steps and the 12 steps of recovery. When I talk about and I say the things about being in recovery, or the 12 steps, people automatically associate substance abuse and addictions to that. What I want to talk about, what I want to be able to deal with, goes way beyond that. Goes way beyond addictions and, and dependencies. But we are going to talk about those things. Starting right off with step one. Celebrate Recovery's version of this reads like this. We admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors, and our lives become unmanageable. AA just says, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, and our lives have become unmanageable. And so, just real simple, as far as the step part goes, it's a two-part step, right? You admit you're powerless over this thing in your life, or these things, and then the second part of it is, is you admit that your life is out of control. Simple, right? Real easy. If you come in and you're addicted to drugs, when I first got clean and I was addicted to meth, it was pretty simple to see, yeah, I am powerless over meth and alcohol. I tried to quit, tried to quit, tried to quit, tried to quit, couldn't, 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 couldn't. Did everything I could think of, switch in and out, switch for different things, and I would always end up back on the meth and drinking. And I just assumed that, that the meth and the drinking is what made my life out of control. So once I got that taken care of, then my life would automatically be back in control, right? Now, if you're here with, and, and because you've been in a relationship with somebody who's been in addiction, a lot of times it ends up that in that relationship, you begin thinking, if this person would just get clean, if they would just get sober, if they would just stop with their addiction, then everything would be better. My life would be better then. Things wouldn't be so crazy if they would just stop. But like Pam found out, even when her significant other got sober, clean, life didn't suddenly become wonderful. Did it, Pam? No. Well, it got worse. It got worse. <laughs> because I had no idea how to live life without drugs and alcohol. And the drugs and alcohol were just a symptom of what was going on inside of me. My real problem was is I had no idea how to live life as hard as I may try. So, easy enough, right? It's easy enough to identify that and say, okay, my problem is ABC. You know, maybe your problem is shopping. Maybe your problem is pornography. Maybe your problem is smoking weed. Maybe your problem is drinking. Maybe your problem is gambling. Maybe, you know, whatever you're, maybe you're a PTS survivor, an abuse survivor. Uh, codependency, whatever it is. and you, So you can write out that sentence and say, okay, I'm powerless over this. All right, yeah, I got it. I see how that is. And my life's unmanageable. Knowing this, 
knowing those things and being able to do something to facilitate a change in your life are two entirely different things. There's a saying I learned a long, 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 long time ago. I was probably a, a, a young teenager when I heard it the first time, and I can't remember where, that it says, to know and not to do is not to know. And if you've ever had teenagers, you like me probably have gotten frustrated because you say, you try to tell your teenager to do something and they're like, I know dad, I know. And it's like, well, obviously you don't because we wouldn't be having this conversation if you knew. But I go through the same thing. <laughs> I could just picture God being like, Bob, you keep doing ABC. I know, God, I know. <laughs> Obviously, you don't. <laughs> so what is it? What makes the difference? What makes the difference? Because herein lies the real challenge. It's why. The why behind all of that is what we're going to be struggling with and what we're going to be learning about over the next couple of weeks. The why. If you look online and at different things, you guys know I like to study things about addiction and, and all of that. I love chemistry things, like you're dealing with your brain chemistry. And uh, you guys have heard me talk about the thing of dopamine. You know, you have dopamine receptors in your brain and dopamine is the juice that goes in between that like lubricates the connections to your pleasure centers. And, and it's a key role. It's not the only thing, but it's a key thing. And, you being able to, your brain being able to experience pleasure. And what they've, they've learned through this and studying in our brains that we have, that just about anything can cause us to begin to produce dopamine. Getting likes on Facebook can produce dopamine and give us a sense of pleasure. But they also know that there's this point where, okay, so you get this squirt of, good vibes in your brain, but they also know that there's a counteractive part of that, that just as much as goes in, there has to be a pendulum swing back the other way. And it's just the way our bodies work. And so you can, you can keep working towards getting that dopamine release, good feelings, but the problem is, is no matter what you do, no matter what you do, it will always take more and require it to happen more often to achieve that place with the same thing. You guys know, like you've heard about drugs. If you do drugs, you're going to have to keep doing more and more and more and more to get the same high. And you guys know there are things in your life. I'm sure I can go through and ask each of you, there are things in your life that you've done as a hobby, that you really enjoyed. But if you do it a lot, over and over and over again, it kind of loses some of its... You guys remember that person that you fell in love with and oh my goodness, they could do no wrong. Everything was wonderful. They just made you feel so good inside, just being around them. A couple years go by and you can't imagine why in the world you ever ended up with them. There's your dopamine. 
There's another part that falls into this. I, I know I'm kind of shotgunning right now, but I'm wanting you to, to, to see things. That's, that's like the physical side of it. Here's a part of the emotional side of it. God gave us the ability to sense and to understand, to be empathetic towards others. When people talk to us, when things are going on in our lives, for us to be able to make connections with each other. God wants us to be able to make connections with each other. And so he gave us the ability to do that. And then as part of that ability is to sense sometimes when there's danger. If somebody means us harm, we have to be able to know that. And so when we talk to someone and we can assess from their body language that they may mean us harm, that it may be trouble, that they may not be being honest with us. And we can sense that, right? Well, for reasons that we're going to talk about as we go on, a lot of times that gets messed up in us, that gets broken. The software stops working right. And so we can be, I can be talking like, say, with Joe, and he'll say something in a certain way, and it will trigger a response, a feeling inside me that is completely wrong. But because of everything that I've been through and because of all of the stuff, it will cause me to react in a certain way. Because that's going on in our lives. So let's say that I understand that addiction to a chemical substance, to a mind-altering or mood-altering substance, I, I am powerless to be able to control that. And that causes my life to be unmanageable. But knowing all of that and be able to move on from that and how do we make the changes comes it with a process. All of us here have things going on in our lives. Because, I mean, come on. You don't go to, to real life or CR or AA or any of these other things. You don't go because they're fun. But you don't go because you ain't got nothing better to do, right? All of us have something that we need that we need something done with, okay? And so here's where we're at, and this is where, we, where we're launching from. We have to decide, are we going to just learn tools to live in that and to survive and to get by? Or are we gonna begin the process of transfer, transformation so that we become a different person? So that's no longer an issue. Now there are going to be times where we have to learn the tools to make it to the point of transformation, right? You guys remember a couple of weeks ago or maybe a couple of months ago I talked about how I hate the term fake it till you make it. Well, I'll say this. You need to faith it till you make it. You need to have faith until you make it. If you want to make a note on your, uh, your paper, Galatians chapter 5 in the Bible. Galatians chapter 5, 19. And then you can just do dot, dot, dot to say continuing on. Now, listen, if phone you can or a tablet, you can download UVerse. U, or is it UVersion? UVerse. On your, your phone, it's a Bible app. And you can switch back and forth between a lot of different things in the Bible. I actually started reading this guy was talking to me about it and I started reading it in the new King James version because that's what I like 
but Pam talking to her about it the other day. And so she, I said, what do you, what do you think about that? And, and so she looked in, she had the message pulled up on her phone and she read this. And I want to, I want to read this to you. You guys with me? I wanted you to write it down so that you can remember it, so that you can look at it later. But this is in the Message Bible. And this is what it says. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved. Let me say this. We all have a longing within us to experience unconditional love, to be loved where, where we're at. We all have that need. For men, a lot of times that surfaces as respect. We want to feel respected for who we are and accepted for who we are, that we're doing the best we can when we can. Ladies, a lot of times it surfaces in, in, in love in another way. But when I read this, an impotence to love or to be loved. You guys, when we walk in, in that life for so long, we lose the ability to be able to experience love. We may think we feel it when we experience those times of pleasure, when we experience those times of happiness, but that's not love. It goes back to the dopamine. We think what we miss and what we're wanting is that experience of love. But we have no idea. We can't, we can't experience it. We can't receive it. The people around us could be trying to love on us for all their work. But we are incapable of, of experiencing it. And in the same case, everything that we put out with our idea of loving someone ends up being tainted with self-centeredness. So no one around us can feel, will feel loved. They will always feel manipulated, used. Is that too harsh? That's reality. Divided homes and divided lives. Small-minded and lopsided pursuits. You guys ever chase dreams that feel like they're never going to happen? Wishing for one day? You know, that Mega Millions lottery, it's almost a billion dollars could just win the lottery. Wouldn't everything be wonderful then? I know I, for one, would make wonderfully wise choices with a billion dollars. I'm sure it wouldn't, it wouldn't create problems for me at all. The vicious habit of depersonalization, depersonalizing everyone into a rival. Uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. Ugly parodies of community. And I can go on. Let me say this about ugly parodies of community. Do you guys understand what that means? What they're saying in this? 
A parody is like a make-believe, pretend scenario of something. Like you guys remember the show Saturday Night Live. They would do parodies of real-life situations, like interviews or, or press releases. My uh, grandson loves to watch Sesame Street parodies. And so they'll have Cookie Monster and, and all the other Sesame Street characters on here doing Hunger Games. And so it's a parody of the Hunger Games. And so I want you to, I, this week as you go through your, your week, I want you to stop and I want you to think about your life. Is your life and the community, when I say community, I mean the people that are in, in your life the people that surround you, the people that you interact with at work, at play, at home in your family, be it extended or close, is it a parity of what community should be? Have we assembled a dysfunctional, unsatisfying group or situation because that's what we feel life is supposed to be? And it's not fulfilling. Is this too dark? Think about it. Because I look at, I look back on my life and the way my life was. I believed I just loved to party and have a good time. And I just wanted to, I worked hard and I wanted to be able to come home and have a good time. I smoke a little bit of weed, do a little meth and drink a few beers. Hang out with my friends. Right? What's the harm in that? Other than well, I almost got my wife killed and my 18-month-old daughter, we'd all be sitting around getting high and I'd sit her in the floor in the middle of the living room with a cloud of weed. Contact buzzed out of her head, chewing on a pizza crust. Just having a good time hanging out with my friends. Now, maybe you're not in that situation. Maybe your situation looks different. Maybe you've been striving to feel happy. And for some reason, it just won't come. Maybe you're striving for things to just work out. And if, if this and this and this would just happen, everything would be so much better. Maybe... You've been praying for a long time that God would do this, this, and this and change your life and everything would be better if God would just do it. But for some reason, God's not doing it. And you don't understand why. So maybe you're thinking, well, maybe I'm just not doing it right. Maybe I'm not being good enough. Maybe if I would just read my Bible a little longer. Maybe if I would just pray a little longer. Maybe if I would just go to church a little bit more, everything would be okay. That's not the answer. I'm telling you right now. That ain't it. What is it? What is it within each of us that you want to be different this time in three months, six months, in a year? What is it you're willing to let go of? Here's the wonderful thing. If you go on and you read on in that, in Galatians 5, you find out 
God doesn't want you to live in all of that negative, nasty stuff. And it's not about being good. It's all about living in the plans and the purposes that God had for us. It's all about just walking in what God wants for us more than we want for ourselves. And it's an easy rhythm. Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And it will come and it will happen. In AA, they talk about after you reach a certain point, they talk about you begin to find that you intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle you. In other words, you begin to understand that there's a way of, of living life in ways that you used to not be able to do. That's what I'm talking about. I don't want to say life is going to be perfect and you're not going to have any more troubles. But I'm, what I'm saying is that God promises us. It's clear. God promises us that if we will begin to walk in tune with him, he will begin to work situations out in our lives in order to fulfill the desires that we have in our hearts. He will give us back the ability to love and to receive love. He will give us that ability to when we face situations, we have these big ideas in our hearts you got big ideas and dreams? you got things inside you that you just want to see come? Yeah. And there are things that hold us back in those. God wants to breathe life on those <clears throat> and cause us to intuitively know how to take the next step and not be so paralyzed by fear that we fall back into the, our old ways of thinking and give up on our dreams and our hopes. So that we give up on those things that we've wanted since we were little. He wants to inspire us. He doesn't want to push us down and, and crowd over us and cause us to be a miserable person. Taking away all the fun out of our lives. No, he wants to breathe life into it. Cause us to gain fulfillment in things that we never even knew that we enjoyed. To be able to just be walking down the street and see a flower. Now, maybe for you, walking down the street and seeing a flower, maybe that's not a big deal. But what if, what if you were just walking down the street minding your own business and you saw this beautiful flower and you suddenly became filled with a joy and an appreciation so deep that it caused a tear to come to your eye? What if, or what if we get stuck in a cynical life where we walk by the flowers and don't even notice them because our heart's broken and hardened because of the events that have happened in our lives and we just can't let go of them and we just are stuck. I wanted to tell a fun, happy Bob story, but all the stories that kept coming to mind were times where I was depressed and and without hope <laughs> in the beginning but we're in the beginning <laughs> of course that's all the whole, all the stories I had for in the beginning I was hopeless depressed felt like my life would always be that way didn't feel like I deserved it 
But this is the good thing. I don't even really deserve it now. But God loves me enough that He's going to make it happen. And I can already tell you that in my life, day by day, things that used to cripple me have no effect over me anymore. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com, or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.